Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Jordy Murphy. He's the founder and president of Phobesoft, phobesoft.com, where he has taken tips and tricks from his experience in the industry and created a map for success that he calls the Daily Sales Report, where they generate P&Ls daily for your restaurant, helping you identify ways you can increase your profit margin. We cover a lot today in this interview uh, and just a couple of highlights, how you can save and keep uh, a minimum of $10,000 a year in labor with this one simple tip that honestly, I mean, you really have got to put into practice. And what's the one thing that all franchise restaurants have in common that most local restaurants ignore? Hope you can listen to this show and take a few tips, even if it's one thing that you can take back to your restaurant and implement this week and make some dough. Today, our focus is talking about restaurant profits. Um, right. We all make money. And the truth is in any business, particularly a restaurant, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's how much you keep at the end of the day is what matters. And I don't think we keep as much. Uh, I feel like this is an area that we could always work on and keep more of what we're making. So let's talk about it. Would you share a little bit with us some statistics um, in terms of the profit margin? Where are some of the standards when it comes to full service, fast casual and fast food? Because that obviously is not the same the percentage, average percentage for profit margins. Right. Well, I think that, um, they're all, every one of them is probably from, you know, zero or negative to uh, 20-ish percent um, on the high end. Like we have, we have a client uh, that has two identical restaurants in different markets. Uh, one, one does like 2.1 million, the other one does 1.6 million. Uh, the one of them, it's a pizza type concept, makes like 22 or 23% that's doing the 2.1 or 2 million. And the other one is making like 11 or 12%. Um, and that's a big piece to leave on the table, um, oh, a 10% yes. differential. So, um, and then you look at, um, you know, the say uh, full service restaurants, you know, where you can have a steakhouse that does a super high volume dollar wise, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to run a higher food cost, but they're going to run a lower labor cost. So their profit margin can be the same as someone who runs basically a standard or kind of industry standard food cost where a steakhouse is going to be in 37 or 38 to 41 or 42% food cost. Um, most restaurants want to be Ouch. think in the, in the 30 or below, mm -hmm. um, but that's where our software comes in and helps. Um, and then you have the fast food, you know, portion. Um, and most of the fast food, if it's a franchise, uh, franchisee, um, a big portion of that goes to the franchise fee that they're going to be paying. Um, back in the day, you know, franchise fees were four or 5%. A lot of them today are eight, nine, 10% coming right off the top, which makes it more difficult. Mm -hmm. so, um, so you can take a, one of the biggest pizza type concepts out there that's very difficult to make money in, um, fast food. And then there's a taco concept that's out there all over the place. That's one of the highest profit margins of all fast food in the industry. Maybe that is why it is a little bit uh, all over, you know, that's why it's, it's all over uh, right. some of the Mexican. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a topic that is not really talked about as much. One of the things you were talking about, like the steak stuff, on the one hand, you, you were saying in terms of labor being low. However, 
Um, folks who work in the kitchen, the higher end your restaurant is, you need people with higher skill set. So we yes. own pizzerias. It takes us a while to train our people because we do everything, you know, hand stretching, hand, whatever, all of that. It takes a little bit, but um, the higher end of a restaurant, it also will have these other issues, which is you need higher skilled people. And when you lose people, because everybody has that turnover, it's, it has its own headaches. And I think a lot of times when a restaurant's thinking about going and open a restaurant, they look about, oh, what's sexy or what's this? They don't really do have this whole perspective of the challenge at hand. I think full service, I heard some statistics averages like six to 7% profit. It's, I, I mean, a, a million dollar operations, the amount of headache that it takes and food, you know, prep and staff, you know, right. to keep that little, which let's do the math. Is that like 60 to $70,000 a year? Is, is that correct? After a million dollars. After, yeah. after a million. Right. So, um, you, you think you have this very successful operations at the end of it, you know, it's sometimes better to get a job if you have no life, you know, so I really think that everybody needs to shoot for have a minimum of making a hundred K profit. If you're a restaurant owner, then otherwise you want to go get a job, right? I mean, if you're not making hundred K profit and I mean, it has to be everybody's goal. What do you think about that? Well, I think what, what, what we do or what I do, it, it depends. I mean, we could take a restaurant that's doing a million dollars and show them if they're only making 6%, we could show them how to make. 10 to 11 percent it all Perfect. has to do the the, the problem or, or see the people in the restaurant business or the majority of the people unless you're a chain or a or you know one of these big companies they don't run with a budget and a lot of people it's it's just for the moment oh i need this so they buy it or i need that so they buy it but if you have a roadmap like that's what my company does Phobisoft here is we take someone that say say they're doing a million dollars and we'll take their numbers from last year and we'll say, oh my gosh, you way overspent in this category or you didn't, you know, spend enough. And what we do is we make a budget for them and mm -hmm. then we teach them how to get to that budget. You know, like we were talking about labor a minute ago. Some people don't stagger schedules when they come in. You know, they bring everybody in to have a service meeting at X amount of time and then five, six, seven people are standing around for two or three hours. If you, just to give you an, an idea, in today's labor market, if you saved an hour a day in the front of the house and an hour a day in the back of the house by letting someone go, by staggering schedules, whatever, that's going to save 10, it's going to put 10 to $12,000 in your pocket. We had a client that we, we brought on a month or so ago. And, uh, and when they sent us their numbers to do their budget form, they had one, supply, one, one category called supplies. And they spent over $90,000 in supplies. What is a supply? I mean, we're, what we do is we have restaurant supplies, kitchen supplies, china glass and silver, <clears throat> to-go supplies. So if you break it down to those four categories and mm -hmm. we budgeted a million-dollar restaurant, the max we're going to budget in those categories is probably about twenty-five dollars or $30,000. But if you sit there and say a million-dollar restaurant and you give a guy, you know, the chef in the kitchen or whatever, you have seven or eight or nine hundred dollars a month to spend on what you need aluminum foil plastic wrap yep. you need some new tongs if you need a robo coop it's twelve or fifteen hundred dollars well let's wait let's talk about that you just don't go buy it because you think you need it you know you look at a budget and you say i have x amount of money to spend and this is what i'm going to it's also a cash flow situation i mean and but if you have one category that the chef the manager the owner everybody that needs something just 
puts that into supplies, it gets lost. And all of a sudden, it's just like taking money and tossing it out the window. Um, but when you have regimented you know, goals and a budgeted number, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it starts working. People Definitely. say, you know. Oh, absolutely. Are you thinking so folks do not have a budget? And part of it is because I, I know how it's like when you do not know how to project right. um, your next year or next month or next quarter. Maybe one of the, I mean, what are your thoughts? What are some of the challenges? Why do people not have a budget for their operations? Again, we're talking about like a million dollar operations or two million and they do not have a budget. It's outrageous when people in their home, you know, they do budgets and stuff, you know, right. when you want to pay this bill and that, and we're talking thousands of dollars and we don't have a budget. That's really unwise. So where do we start with somebody who's like, I, I don't, I don't know where to start with setting up a budget. What are some of the things we can do here? This episode is sponsored by making dough agency. We can help you grow your sales through text message marketing for less than $10 a day. Papa John's Domino's pizza, little Caesars, Burger King, cold stone, macaroni grill, subway and taco bell. They all use text message marketing in 2019. So you've ever thought about maybe trying text message marketing, but you never got around to trying it. We can help. If you have any questions or would like to try it for free, go to our website, makingdoshow.com, scroll all the way down and fill out the form. And we'll get in touch with you within 24 hours to help you make some dough. Well, I mean, most, a lot of people out there use like an Excel spreadsheet, you know, a, an Italian restaurant mm-hmm. and they're, you know, cost of goods are at 37 or 38 percent. Well, but they should be more around 31 or 32 percent. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to drop their budget six or seven points. We're going to drop it three or four to give them something to shoot for. Um, say their labor. You know, we break it down front of the house, back of the house in, a, in our budgeting process. We put salaries in and we also have a, an automatic uh, multiplier in, in, in the piece of software that puts your payroll taxes and your uh, workman's comp in there. So when you look at a labor figure, you're looking at a true labor figure. I talked to a client about, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I said, well, do you know what your labor's running? And he says, well, I will you take my front of the house and back of the house, and I kind of double it, and that gets me close. Well, well a I lot mean, of POS I, systems uh, are able to give you this data, and that alone, as well as not uh, accurate, because as you said, you're not really... Um, the POS does not add the taxes associated to the, the, they don't have the, salaries the, in there. They don't have payroll taxes. Yeah, they don't have so. vacation. They don't have all these different categories, yeah. workman's comp that we actually put in our software. So it automatically calculates it every day and it takes someone five minutes a day. Here's what just to get you. I mean, once we do someone's budget, we have a buy-in with the owner. We sit down and say, okay, this is what you did. Here's your, cost of goods. Are you good with these numbers? And the guy's like, ah, maybe we should raise out a point or lower at a point. You know, here's your front of the house and back of the house labor. <clears throat> Nobody uses their management. No, they don't calculate the daily figure that manager salaries go in. Then we calculate the payroll taxes, the, the, the workman's comp, and we give them a, you know, and it's next to the budget. Then we have a section called controllables, which is all your linen and laundry, your China glass and silver, your restaurant supplies, kitchen supplies, repairs and maintenance. Um, some people sit there and say, okay, you know, this broke, I need it fixed immediately. Well, let's wait a minute. Let's get a couple people in to tell, tell us what it's going to cost to fix it. Maybe we could spread it out over two months um, as opposed to just saying fix it and all of a sudden it's two or $3,000 out the door, which can totally blow the budget. And then we have a section called non-controllables. So I can take pretty much any, our team here, 
we take pretty much any restaurant since so, so go back to your six percent i know i can find a point in your cost of goods i know i can find a point in your labor i know i can find a point in your controllables and i know i can find a point in your non-controllables so all of a sudden we took your six percent profit and we've increased it more than 50 to 60 percent we're all of a sudden making 10 percent so if you're doing a million dollars and the person's only making 60, all of a sudden they're making 100 by simply looking at it every day for five minutes. And that's where people in the, in the business get a little bit off track. They're like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Well, spend five to 10 minutes every single day looking at your numbers and having a system. I'm not saying ours is very simple. We designed it for the restaurant manager. We designed it for the restaurant owner, not an accountant, not a, not a, bookkeeper because you know the other systems out there that are they're accounting systems you need to be an accomplished bookkeeper and to go back to your question why don't these people have a budget well because a lot of them haven't done one since they went to raise the money to open their restaurant they don't know some a lot of people don't know how well we've made it very simple for them and that's the difference between chains and independence or successful multi-unit operations and independence all these over here run with a budget. Very few independents run with a budget because Ouch. they need help. And a lot of people don't ask for it. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're looking at your past in order to forecast the future, obviously. First, in order to identify some different areas, in particular when it comes to getting more profits here, we're going to look at the past and study our numbers uh, in detail. And uh, that's the one you were talking about. And also comparing it to a standard. I don't know about everybody, but I know that in, in our industry with the pizza that we're in, there are some average recommended standards, right? You want your, um, your big, your food cost and your labor cost to be less than 60%, for instance, is in our thing, or you want uh, your uh, rent, which is a fixed cost that we can't change. Uh, and it's expensive that about 8% and at least in ours, I'm sure that, Max. and obviously Max. if you're in, um, California or in Seattle, all of that kind of varies a little bit, which makes it a bit challenging. But I wanted to make it simple on that. One of the things that is important for people to look at their numbers um, on a daily basis and or on a weekly basis or monthly, but they have to have a system in place to look at those. So some of the data comes from the POS system. The other one is you can look at your bank statement, uh, looking at uh, what, what has happened. I feel like a lot of times we avoid looking at our bank statement. Just You feel like I wish not to know or a little bit. It, it'll catch up to you, but uh, it is really important to look at the bank statement to see where things are going. One of the things I feel like some of the subscriptions that we have in the restaurant that we've committed to doing um, is also, uh, we call every year like Spectrum or the DirecTV and we try right. to negotiate to get a, you know, these are monthly thing. It adds up, you know, it adds up even if it's $20 a month or 50, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt anybody either. Uh, so we talked about labor was one of the ways that folks can reduce costs. You talked about some of the repair stuff. What are some of the other things, you know, in terms of repair, having a more, getting more quotes, right? That's one of the things you were talking about. Uh, is, is, that, is that what you were saying in terms of don't be making a hasty decision, get several quotes and compare it. Should you wait? You know, what's, is, is that what you were saying? Yes, exactly. But what the bottom line is that people look at, sorry about that. No worries. Um, people, people, think that it's just your cost of goods and your labor you know and here again in our system and if you if you go over budget it's either red or green and if you go over budget mm 
Mm -hmm. It's a little bouillon that pops up and it gives you 15 or 20 suggestions on how to lower your food costs, how to lower your liquor costs, how to lower your labor costs. But one of the keys is your controllables and your non-controllables. We have a client, a woman in Atlanta, who she's doing $1.45 million. She was spending $95,000 a year in advertising. Well, I mean, that was seven or eight points. Well, let's look at, I mean, if someone spends, because she was, she was very nice, but she thought every single person that came in, she's like, oh, good idea, good idea, good idea. She couldn't say no. Um, where you don't want to put your advertising at more than 2%. And those are typically like franchisees or whatever. We try to keep it around 1% because I don't necessarily believe in advertising. But what we try to do is we're not going to say we're going to increase your revenue. We're going to take what you're doing and show you how to increase your profit. And the way you do that is to break out the different categories from linen and laundry, your, your, your chemicals and cleaning supplies, your restaurant supplies, your kitchen supplies, your china glass and silver, your postage, your advertising, I think I said. If there's a management fee in there, your rent. When you list all these things and you put a budgeted number next to it, and you tell the restaurant manager, look, you have two fifty dollars or $300 a month to spend on stuff you need. Well, if you look at it like that, it gives all of a sudden, I mean, they, the guy has enough money. But if he just has a carte blanche to buy something and throw it into supplies that nobody's looking at, you know, or you, what you can do is seven days into the month, you look at your budget and say, how much do I have for the rest of the month? And you can do the same thing with your labor. But here again, it's paying attention to it five to 10 minutes a day. Repair versus maintenance. Having a budget for maintenance as well as repair, but some of the equipment we have, if it's serviced um, proactively, if we service it, then the repair will not be that expensive either. I feel like a lot of times we don't want to spend the money. We don't have to spend the money which is for maintenance, then we end up paying for repair, which right. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we, I mean, we basically put it together because it's a say we, we call it repairs and maintenance and we budget 1% of your annual sales for repairs and maintenance. So basically if you're doing a million dollars, that's going to give you a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. to spend on, you know, repairs and maintenance. And if you think about it, that's a decent amount of money. Now, if something major happens, your air conditioning goes out and you got to spend three or $4,000, will you talk to your accountant about capitalizing that expenditure and putting it over time and depreciating it so it ends up as a tax benefit versus hitting your P&L with a three or $4,000 hit one time? A big one is your linen and laundry. Are you handing everybody two towels and one apron a day, or do they get to keep going to the office or wherever they are and using rag after rag after rag after rag? Because, you know, here again, if you're a, if you're a fine dining or use white tablecloth, your linen and laundry should be max around 2%. If you're not and you're not using tablecloths, it should be less than 1%. Well, let's look at those numbers. Are you paying an inventory fee to the linen company, and a lot of people don't understand that, that if you get 100 chef coats in and you've used 50 of them and they come the next week and bring you 50, they're charging you for those 50 that sat in your closet for that week. And that's what people don't understand. And if they don't take towels with, so they bring 100 towels 
and there were two towels or three of them hidden somewhere under wherever and not in the basket, when they take the towels back, if there are 85 of them, they charge you for the 15 that they did not take back exactly. per towel. If you read the fine print. That's why, yeah, I mean, linen contracts, you really, they're gonna do your business with a contract or not. They want your business. And I used to just tell them, I'm not gonna sign a contract. You know, here, I'll pay for whatever, I'll pay, you know, I'll do COD. But uh, you're not gonna charge me inventory fees and you're not gonna charge me for stuff that, you know, you say is missing. Mm -hmm. But oh, we have numerous clients that we hand, and, and, and if you, it, it's like we, we have a taco restaurant here in Jacksonville. And the guy was told by the paper company that, he, that they can cut his cost to five to six cents per customer. Well, once we got on and did his budget review and he told me the numbers and we looked at the customers, he was paying 24 cents per customer because he was putting a stack of paper out like this. Well, the employees just see so much and they just grab them, grab them, grab them. He reduced the stack like this. Then they see they have to conserve. All of a sudden they're paying attention to how much paper they spend. And we got that number down to six, seven cents per customer. But it takes doing things like that, like handing the, the cook one apron, two towels, say it's got to last. If you don't tell them it's got to last, give me another one, give me another one, give me another one. Definitely. We actually, my mother um, and my father, they both work at our restaurant. My mom hides, like, I mean, we get a hundred <laughs> towels, I think. She hides some of the towels and she brings them out at the weekend or whatever, because if there are too many of them out, they will use it uh, for everything. So sometimes you need to just come up with your own solutions for that. There's a lot of psychology uh, that goes into it, uh, definitely. Yeah. So we hide the towels a little bit and we, we're like, oh, that's all we have. And then at the weekend, my mother brings it out usually. Right. Uh, the other one I wanted to emphasize, you mentioned about ads. I could not agree more with you in terms of ads that you're not able to see the return on investment. I don't think anything that is printed works today anymore. Um, unless it's like an old neighborhood people and you just do coupons and everything is really discounted. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just not not wise to do. Um, we talked about there being an opportunity to keep some more of the profits and spend wisely. Because I do think one must invest money into their marketing, but not just spending money for spending money at all. Supply category, we talked about linen. I think right there, somebody could uh, save a bunch of money if they actually went in there and did the homework and tried to save a little bit here and there. I feel like probably it's like 10 to 20K a year they could save just implementing some of these details. I wanted to share, uh, share with us a little bit more about your software and where people can get some information about it. Uh, just tell us a little bit more. I know that you shared a bunch, but if someone wanted to get started and get some information, how can they go about that? Well, it's the, the name of the company is called Phobesoft, F-O-B-E-S-O-F-T.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is that you can go on the website, you can go into services and schedule a demo. And then Matthew or Toshi or myself um, or Ashley in the office will show, it takes about 20, 25 minutes to walk someone through a demo uh, and show them how it works. And most people now, we have, I think it's 56 or 57% after we get them on the system, do their budget, they buy in, they're doing the work on their phone. And it literally only okay. takes five to 10 minutes a day 
because you're in, entering very few fields. We've built in, you know what your rent is, that's in. You know what your electric's gonna be, your gas. Your, and we're putting all those in, so you're looking at a full profit and loss statement every day compared to a budget. And it really, really, I mean, we have turned around and helped a tremendous amount of restaurants increase their profit. We say 20 to 40%, and a lot of them, it's, it's more than that. That's, uh, that's great. I, I think that folks need to always look to see if they can do things in-house in terms of a spreadsheet, especially if they're not making a profit, and then get to a level and use some tools and software that's going to help them. So everything is an investment. So if you pay for a software, but it's, you're making that money back, and it's some. Only, ours is yeah. only a hundred dollars a month. That's yeah. the whole thing. Oh, and and yeah. I had I had six Asian noodle restaurants in San Francisco for a number of years before I moved back to Florida, and and I had not formally educated managers using this software, mm-hmm. and it also teaches them how to read a P and L, and it also teaches them. You know, I mean, I had it in more of an Excel. Now it sits in the cloud, and it's all you know, uh, softwareized or whatever. But it teaches people, it's either red or green, and people want to do well. People want it to be green. And you can get your whole management team working, and it gives them a roadmap, like I said, to get and manage to the bottom line. Tells them what they need to do. Uh, As well, I think a tremendous benefit is that if our people don't know how much different things are costing, they're, they're not really aware of it. So I feel like getting your managers involved, looking at the numbers, um, and having somewhat of an open book kind of a strategy to a point right. where they're able to see the numbers. I feel like, as you mentioned, your managers want to help. They, they want, yeah. but uh, if they don't know, uh, we actually, one of the things we do is sometimes we ask them, so how much do you think we're paying for this? How much? They have no idea as much no as idea. you think. They have, they don't. Uh, you won't know until you ask them how much different things are costing and they think that you're cashing in so much money because we're making a lot, but we're not really keeping much. So uh, I hope that folks take a few tips, as you mentioned, not to be overwhelmed. Check out your software. Start with one thing they can do uh, to make some dough. Cool. Thank you so much. Well, thank All you right. very much. It was a pleasure meeting you.